Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's Up With Hungry podcast. I'm your host, Ben Novak. Joining me today is your other host, Mr. Peter Erdey. So we've got three stories for you fabulous listeners today. Our first story, we'll be talking about what happened at uh, Városliget, which is uh, the Hungarian equivalent of, or Budapest equivalent, I'm sorry, of uh, New York Central Park. Yep. And um, interesting things happened out there. If anybody was watching the news in Hungary, that pretty much dominated the uh, the airwaves this week. Our second story, we'll be talking about the Hungarian Socialist Party. Um, they just held a party election. And finally, we will return to a story we spoke about about a month and a half ago, the western Hungarian town of Kurmand. ATV.hu back then reported that there was this uh, migrant peeping Tom, peeping Tom migrants and, you know, causing all kinds of problems. Turns out the whole story was false. And then now a, a uh, police investigation has concluded that nothing happened and this whole thing was a joke. It was made up. Yeah, it was made up. Okay, so let's get started. Anybody who's ever visited Budapest has surely visited uh, Városliget, which is Budapest's equivalent of New York City's Central Park. I don't think there's any debate, and I'm pretty sure Peter would agree with me on this, that um, Városliget needed a facelift. It needed a little Botox because it was getting kind of dumpy in certain areas. Yeah. Now, the government's response to this a few years ago was to was to say, okay, we're centralizing the park, and they handed over uh, the rights to develop this park to a to a company, a state-owned company that they created. Very little, if any, consultation actually took place with local residents. Um, on one hand, you had the government arguing that the the park was very dumpy and that it needed to get spiced up so that it would draw in more tourists. The idea they had was, okay, we're going to build a bunch of museums there. But you had a separate group of civilians, local residents, who argued that, no, we don't want you guys to develop this park. You know, we like it the way it is. You know, maybe... Well, they said they said that this should be a park first and foremost. No new constructions there. Now, to give everybody an idea of just how significant of a development project the national government was planning there... It was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, around some 250 billion forint, which is damn near billion dollar development project there. Yeah. And I think it's important to see that the original debate, which was around how to, how to develop this piece of property, this park, is a worthy debate. I think on one hand, yes, you have local residents, you have Budapest people using this park to, you know, to, to chill out, to walk their dogs, to run, to like whatever. Ride their bikes, like yeah, me. To, to spend some time there. And that's, I think, as an important group. But on the other hand, you have the interest of Hungarian economy in general, and that needs tourism. And I think it's not a completely unreasonable thing to say that we need to develop this park into a tourist attraction so the whole country can benefit from the extra tourism that the Liget would bring. I think you can have arguments for the, the Liget being a park for local people and you can make arguments for the Liget being this. But the debate never really took place. Yes. A few months ago, you had a, uh, you know, I would say maybe a few dozen people who showed up at the park at key areas where they started cutting out trees and wanted to redevelop buildings. And these people were protesters, essentially, and they obstructed this, uh, this state-owned company from moving forward with its plans. Their argument at the time was... There is no finalized finalized plan for the Liget, so let's not start cutting trees down before we know what's going to take their place. And I think that's a fair argument to make on their part. And to prevent this state-owned company 
from uh, from tearing down the old buildings and cutting cutting out some trees, they moved into some of the some of the land that were designated for the redevelopment. So they whatever built on they built up their own sort of little camp there. A few weeks back, not a lot of people, even in Budapest, paid too much attention to what was going on. This week. They Something new happened. They sent in the bald-headed goons again. So th- yes, again. And for for those of you who re- may remember what happened at the national election office, we may be starting to see a trend here. So whenever anything uncomfortable is starting to happen for the government, uh, somehow a totally random group of bald-headed goons start showing up and harassing people. This was a situation that really did not need violence to be resolved in any way. They did not send in the police because I think that they were afraid of how that would look. So they had these private contractors, the bald-headed goons we are talking about, who went out there. They are not even like proper security people. If you look at them, if you look at what they do, they are not interested in resolving this peacefully or without violence. One of the guys who was out there protesting at the uh, at the National Election Office is the uh, civil activist Guyash Marton. You may remember that he ripped the sign off the National Election Office. Well, this time Guyash Marti goes out to Varosliga to go protest, you know, uh, the the chopping down of these trees. And one of these bald-headed goons smacked Marzi on the hand with his helmet as he was holding onto a fence and just shattered his finger. Look at what happened to Komaro Migergu, one of the activists. He climbed onto the top of one of the buildings they went up there they trying to they were trying to persuade him yeah to, they punched some dude just punched him in the stomach this was at the time that he was already getting down like they were talking to him and he agreed to get down like there was no need to punch him as a loyal listener to this program i would ask you where are the police when things started to get rough they appeared so they they went there but they weren't interfering at all like they were just kind of standing around and watching things unfold there was a video back i think on wednesday when you can see one of the leaders of the security team uh, he was shouting commands at the police which is ridiculous we are talking about like a private subcontractor of a private company like these people have no and there was also that uh there was also that incident where they where these security guys even pepper sprayed a cop yeah and that's that, that's what i was like getting at so yesterday we released a video where you can see the immediate aftermath of a policeman getting pepper sprayed by these goons and so you have to understand in hungary and i think anywhere in the world if you don't you, do that no. if if you pepper spray a cop then there will be consequences one of these consequences will probably you'll end up you know in prison for like a year yeah if not in the hospital is that's that's like a serious offense that's a felony you see on this video this policeman asking the goon hey man why'd you spray me literally like he said like why do you need to like pepper spray <laughs> and this is so ridiculous because it shows the police know that these people have a political mandate to to go there and do whatever they want. They are above the law. It shows that the government is no longer interested in debate, even if it's a debate they can easily win. Any sort of different point of view is not just ignored, but it seems that lately it's get cracked down on violently. And I think it's really upsetting and, and it's really shameful. All victims of oppression for the tyrants fear your mind. 
Hungarian Socialist Party, aka MSP, elected new leadership to the party. MSP's been in a in a bit of a, an identity crisis since 2010, and one of the interesting things we hear constantly coming out of MSP is that oh, you know they're they got to find these new faces, you know they got to put out the new face, they got to shuffle the deck. But apparently they're shuffling like a set of ten cards. And they're just like, they just keep that 10 cards at the top of the deck. Molnar Dula, who is now the new president of MSP, we saw something very strange happen. So Magyar Idők, which is this like pro-government news outlet, um, actually did a very like soft interview. Oh yeah, with him and- With him, and it was, it was so strange because it's so unfitting. Like this does not fit into their typical like mandate of- Yeah, Magyar Idők is like a government mouthpiece. So when they write down socialist, I'm sure there are like a list of mandatory adjectives to use. And that's like <laughs> corrupt, evil, uh, communist. So Molnar Dula was elected to, uh, he's now the president of the party. And I guess uh, Valost Manjanuk, which uh, is like the party caucus- Head- it's an important position. It's a very important position that went to Hilary Stvan, who was a, a former minister of education. Yeah. Both of these guys are with the Socialist Party since the foundation of the Socialist Party. They are the new faces who have been around for over 30 years. There's like maybe 12, 15 people who can make a living by being a member of parliament. And I'm sure there's like 100 more people who can make a living by, you know, supporting these yeah, MPs. The support staff of the MPs and all they fight about and all their big things are about who are those 15 people. So Molnar Dula, Hilary Stvan, I think we are past whatever ideas, we are past ideology. We are only about, I need to have a job. My job should be MP because it pays well. It's not that hard. So why don't I get to be the president of the party? Now that means an automatic seat in the next election and I can give, you know, a few more seats to my buddies. What we see is that when there's talk of like, what are the only ways that Fidesz can be defeated? You know, there's there's one set of, there's one set of uh, people who say, the only way Fidesz can be defeated is if all the opposition parties like team up together and they run on like a common list. And what you see is the small opposition parties, they don't want to have anything to do with MSP precisely for this reason. They don't want anything to do with these people in particular, the 10 cards in the deck. These people had the chance, they ran the country, and they pretty much ended up giving two-third majority. Of they handed it to Fidesz. Fidesz. So Fidesz didn't really have to work for that. They just kind of got At it. At all. Their largest achievement was... Building up building Viktor Orban's And building government. up the Endjobik. Even if they are a victim of circumstances, even if they had the best intentions, even if they are all really able people, the, the fact remains that these people are associated with MSP's government between 2002 and 2010. With MSP, what I, what I see there is like you have young, able people in the party who could potentially have been a good facelift. Exactly. And you had why on earth are these people not being considered for... That's exactly the problem. You have... Harangozo was running for uh, yeah. for party leadership. He, whatever, he was thrown out in the first round. He's a relatively young guy. I'm not saying that he's the savior of whoever. No, no, but there, but there, there have been MSP politicians who have made, who have kind of built a built a pretty good name for themselves by. Let me give you an example. Tóth Bertalan. Yeah, Tóth Bertalan. Tóth Bertalan. I think he's from Pécs. Uh, he's an he's an MSP uh, MP MP, and you know this whole uh, Hungarian National Bank scandal. This dude filed a gang of lawsuits. 
And he was all up on this. He helped really blow this issue up. And there's a, there's a story like there you saw somebody, wow, he really stuck it to them. Exactly. For anti-corruption in Hungary, I think that's hugely important. He wasn't even considered for anything. He wasn't even in the running. Oh, and you've got you've got these other people too. And, uh, you know, if we're looking at a, a uh, more modern and progressive socialist party, you've got other faces out there. You've got Kunhalmi Agnes, who is a young, she's a woman. She's really, her education is her big that's her spiel. That's what she knows. That's what she's talking about. But so anyway, there's there's a list of other people that that um, that could have really helped revitalize this party's image, but they chose to just you know reshuffle the same ten cards. The Western Hungarian town of Kurmand. Uh, it's pretty close to the Austrian uh, border, and it has a temporary refugee camp. It does indeed. Now, you may remember that uh, several weeks ago, we did a story on uh, on what happened in Kurmand. Something very interesting unfolded there. So ATV.HU put out a story saying that uh, a bunch of peepin' Tom migrants were, like, kicking in windows and watching little high school girls play handball. Exactly. And, uh, and causing a big ruckus in the town. And this story got picked up by a bunch of other news outlets. And, and it, then it happened during the government press conference. And, and Lazariano said that... The prime minister had uh, ordered had ordered the interior minister to immediately get to the bottom of this skullduggery and figure out what's going on there and bring you know hold people accountable and stuff. And you had this this like wave of just like oh those migrants again. Even back then, if you listened and if you listened what the mayor of the city said and if you listened to what the police chief of the city said. They were raising doubts about the validity of this story. They said, well, we we don't have any eyewitnesses. We don't really know what happened. It's just a recipe for disaster. This whole story is just so ridiculous. This came at a time when the whole central bank scandal was at, a, at its yeah, height. Yeah, it was peaking then. So there was this huge scandal about the the foundations of the central bank uh, spending uh, money, a lot of money, really in a questionable manner, funneling public money to friends and families of the government and the governor of the central bank. And everyone was talking about this. So the government really needed a distraction at the time. And people pointed out even back then that the, the reason why they jumped on this, this broken window, was just to distract the media and the public from what was going on at the at the central bank at the time. And now the the police investigation concluded nothing happened. Like literally nothing. And if you look at what Optug did, uh, Optug is a relatively small but really important uh, news portal in Hungary. They they cover news no one else really covers. And what they did they went down to Kermand one week after this was initially reported. And so they wanted to see if this whole government propaganda really works. And it turned out it did. They went down to this small town. They spoke to people. And one week after the breaking of the window was reported, people were saying they don't let out their daughters, you know, after dark. And the, the migrants are all women-hating terrorists, peeping toms, and how they hate them. And I think... It's really sad to see how this works and how this works exactly the way the government intends it to, to work. We thought about doing a, a positive story just to kind of like wrap things up on a, on a, on a more ha on a happier note. But we couldn't find but one. But we couldn't really find one. So, But what we will do is because we missed one this week, next week's podcast will have two positive stories. Stories that will give you a laugh. 
And uh, and that's a really big promise to make. Ben. Well, you know, we're going to try. We try hard here at the What's Up With Hungry podcast. That's true. And uh, I guess with that, we'll just finish things up. Signing off from you uh, from the podcast, it's me, Ben Novak, and Peter Erde. And we wish you guys all a happy week. Goodbye. Goodbye.